Hey, you're listening to Data Ask Them Anything. I am your host, Zach Bowders, and I'm here this week with my co-host, Magnificent Mark Bradbourne. How are you, Mark? I am fantastic, Zach. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. So we're recording Friday midday, so I'm peppy and full of energy and very excited to talk to this week's guest. So this week's guest has a very exciting uh, new book that she's dropping, but you've probably already familiar with her from her involvement with Workout Wednesday, uh, with her as a Tableau's ambassador or a Tableau ambassador, and just general involvement in the community for years. But Lorna Brown is the author of the Tableau cookbook. How are you, Lorna? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Zach. It's Friday evening here, so I'm very much looking forward to my Friday. Well, not anymore, because we have random questions submitted from people in the community. Uh, I have not read them in advance. Mark and I have only divvied them up by asker. So we're going to be just as surprised as you by many of these and uh, buckle up. So, Mark, I believe you're kicking us off this week. I am. I am. And it's it's a fun. I, I am really, really excited that Lorna is actually here with us. She was one of my first data fam friends back in like 2017. Uh, I was doing my first Iron Viz feeder and she volunteered to give me feedback and the rest is history. So with that, let's jump into some questions. Um, the first question comes from Kevin Flerledge and he asks the signature question. Who is your favorite Flerledge twin? That is a great question. Um, I think they both have great qualities. Um, I don't think I could separate them. I think they're both as good as each other. And I know that's a cop-out answer. Yes. Do I have to choose one? Yes. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zach says yes. Mark says no. Um, I, I've spent more time with Kev. So I will have to say Kevin, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Ken. I do still really like you as well. I was hoping you were going to say I've spent more time with Kev. So I'm going to have to say Ken. <laughs> that that would have been the money shot early (laughs) kevin has blackmail pictures of me though so i should probably stick with kevin all right kevin also wants to know assuming covid disappeared and you had a month off of work and all your travel was paid for where would you go and what would you do oh that's a great question um i'd probably travel around a little bit um i'd probably spend a couple of weeks in the maldives again uh, because that is just a great place to just go and chill out. Um, but I'd also go and visit some friends and family around the world. So I'd probably head over to Australia to go and see Fee, because we all love Fee. Um, and then hopefully come over to America as well to catch up with um, some of uh, my friends over there from across the pond, because I've missed them all so much over COVID. All right. And last question from Kevin is he needs a prediction. Who is going to win Iron Viz 2021? Ooh, that is a great question. I'm going to say Sam because he's a fellow UK person. All right. So uh, I'll be handling the next set of questions. And I'll admit, um, I was very intimidated by Lorna from the first, uh, the first time I encountered her in part because the work I saw from her was so awesome. And also because everyone I knew from the data school was so amazing that I was kind of terrified by all of them. So it's a, it's a, I can, I can tell you that Lorna is as cool a person as she seems and that any level of intimidation you might have by someone that's doing amazing things is not something you should have. So thanks for coming on the show, Lorna. 
Welcome, Zach. I'm sorry I intimidated you. Like, I don't ever mean to do that to anybody. So I'm glad we're friends now. <laughs> oh, are we? No. Okay. So I have two questions for you. Uh, these are from Jared. And he asks, what inspired you to write the Tableau Desktop Cookbook? Another great question. I think the biggest thing for me is that I've always been a big fan of the tablet community and one of my aims was always to make sure I'm giving back at all times and with with the tablet community it's where I've grown the most so the the cookbook has given me that chance to write everything down and go back to the very beginning for me and it's a way for me to give back to anybody that's starting fresh with tableau um, and also it should have some little hints and tips along the way for, for those that have been using Tableau for a long time. So I'm hoping that everybody can benefit from it. And it's just my way of giving back to the community um, again. That's cool. Uh, and he also asked, what was the writing process like? It was a, it was a very long process, but I think that was uh, due to COVID. Um, and I don't think I could have done the amount of writing that I've done um, if we didn't have the lockdown because it just allowed me to focus on on writing it over the over the weekends um and I think being able to go back to the very basics has really helped me solidify my own knowledge so writing how to build a bar chart as simple as it sounds you need to just make sure that that is coming across cohesively enough um so for me the writing process is good the editing took a lot longer than I would have liked it to um but I I just hate reading back my own work and I think everybody is in the same situation when it comes to trying to read back over your own work for sure I agree with that so Mark you're up next sir yeah all right so the next questions come from Adam Green uh he first asked who has been your favorite co-worker ever <laughs> <laughs> that feels like it's um slightly biased um but um I think Adam has had a big influence on my journey um through over the last year like over the last two years um I don't think I would have got through JISC which was the company I was in at the time and um, without having him to to bounce ideas off of um as well as Rodri um so I am going to say Adam but um, everybody at school and the information lab has also been excellent colleagues as well. And he also wants to know how annoying are you in a lift? <laughs> he started that. <laughs> so whenever we used to travel quite a lot with, with JISC um, and whoever was on the highest floor, we used to play the lift game where the, they used to press every floor. <laughs> going all the way up there was one time that Adam was on the 10th floor and I was on the second and I stood in front of the the button so he couldn't see it and I pressed all of them and then ran out of the lift and he pretty much hated me for the rest of the evening it's like an office war crime like you go to the Hague for that yeah, um, and it from then it just we always used to do it, no matter what floor anyone was on. It just ended up one of those things. So mental note: next TC, if I ever find myself in an elevator with with Lorna, I will not be getting on that. I will just step off. 
Just, just don't tell me what floor you're on, and then we, yeah. we won't have a problem. <laughs> All right. Imagine the, doing that in Mandalay Bay. Oh, jeez. Um, the last question that he has is Earl Grey or PG Tips? He does make a good Earl Grey. I'm not going to lie. Um, but um, I'm going to stick with Earl Grey, actually, because I do really like an Earl Grey tea in the morning. So, yeah, Earl Grey. All right. Zach? Great choice. So um, from, from one coworker to another uh, and a, a personal favorite of yours, Fee Gordon, one of my colleagues, in addition to Adam, was asking, hey, Lorna, you've achieved some amazing things very quickly in your career, recognizes Tableau Ambassador and Zen Master. Wow, guru. And now you're getting a book published. Congratulations, Darles. I can't believe I had to say that. Uh, what, are, <laughs> what are some things that you can recommend to others who are starting out if they're keen to accelerate their progress like you? Yeah. Um, for, for those that don't know, um, I have only been in this career for six to seven years now. Um, and I accelerated that via the data school and the information lab. Um, but I think if you don't have that option to go and join the data school, I think joining the, the Tableau and Alteryx community out there is definitely something that anybody can do don't be afraid to put yourself out there like build a tableau public profile make it your own brand get a blog just even if it's just one that you write on occasionally and and document all of the the techniques that you're learning because even if you're documenting them for yourself someone else will inevitably learn from those blog posts and I think just just put yourself out there and and don't be afraid to reach out to the Zen masters, the ambassadors, make yourself known and ask them questions of how they got to where they've got to now. I think that's a great answer. I agree wholeheartedly. And I also learned from this that uh, Mark and I are also potentially victims of this process, as you can literally make us say anything like Ron Burgundy and Anchorman. Yeah. So Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the, I don't know if you'll know the next, next person that's asking the questions, um, Sarah Bartlett, um, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, sh- she has three, I think great questions. Um, so the first one is you can only pick one Warrington wolves or tableau, which do you pick? Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. That is brutal. Um, how I, I'm going to throw this one back and say I will be doing Tableau or hopefully eventually doing Tableau for Warrington Wolves. Therefore, it's best of both worlds. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one will provide, or this one will need some thought. Uh, So what is your favorite viz of all time, but not one of yours? Um, I don't think I even like my own visualizations anymore anyway, so that's okay. (laughs) Um. I think it's got to be Danushka's Firebird viz. I, whenever someone asks me, like, what is your favorite visualization? That is the one that pops straight into my head because it's so memorable. Um, I still really need to go through and figure out how the she did that um, because it was just such a powerful visualization. And I don't know how she didn't win the feeder with that. Um, but yeah, that one is incredible. Yeah, nah, totally agree on that one. 
And then her last question is, what is your favorite Tableau conference memory? Um, I've got so many. Um, I, I'm probably going to say 2017 in Vegas because 2016 was my first conference in Austin and I felt like I was a little fish in a very, very, very big pond and it was almost very anxious for me. Um, and 2017 was kind of where I really found my feet. It was my first conference to speak at as well. Um, so for me, speaking at that conference really um, just helped me grow as a person as well. So since then, I've been speaking at every single conference. So I guess there's just the speaking element of speaking in front of thousands of people. And obviously, the memories made with friends um, whilst outside of the conference that is not to be talked about, obviously. <laughs> Vivid memories that are a bit blurry at times. Yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> Pouring some LaCroix out for in-person conferences. Okay, so I have uh, three questions for you from a new asker. Mark with a C asks, what was the most difficult chapter of the new book to write and why? So I started the book on chapter three, which was starting at bar charts um and I found that relatively easy and the reason I did that was because I wanted to go through and document all of everything that I was going through and then make note of what I needed to introduce at the very beginning however when I then got to 19 chapters later trying to write that introduction <laughs> was, was a little bit tricky and I did have to split it off into two chapters in the end so I think the introduction and the second chapter was definitely the most difficult but I think that was just because it was also getting towards the end of the process as well so it was just um, a very long one and I kind of wish I'd started chapter one as you would have thought like at the very beginning instead of at the end. It's a great follow-up and it may have previously been answered but what most influenced you to want to write a book about Tableau? You mentioned giving back. Was it anything beyond that, that it specifically took book format? Um, no, not really, I don't think. I think it was just the right opportunity at the right time to write the book. Um, I think, I don't think I got approached to write the book rather than me going out there and, and saying I want to write it so I think it was just the right opportunity at the right time and it's just something that everyone dreams of doing but not many people go ahead and do it great answer uh will there be an audio version and will you be narrating it um I, I don't know that's a great question I don't think many people would be able to understand me fully, um, especially if I talk as fast as I do for speed tipping. So I think we'd have to slow it down just a little bit. Um, I can ask the editors to see if there will be an audiobook, but I think it definitely needs to be visual because otherwise you don't necessarily follow along with the steps that someone's trying to walk you through for building a particular chart type. Having read Michael Crichton books, which include charts in them, and then listening to audiobooks of those, um, I can tell you something is definitely lost when charts need to be described verbally. So, yeah, yeah good call. 
the next set of questions comes from Rodrigo. And he wants to know first, do you enjoy Lorna Dune cookies? I do. I had them for the very first time at Vegas in 2017. I don't think they do them over here. That's a shame. I know. Um, And then he says, are you always the only Lorna in a meeting room or conference room or stadium? (laughs) Um, Most of the time, yes. I have only ever met um, two or three other Lornas in my lifetime. And I remember at um New Orleans when my badge wasn't working because they had an issue that year um I went to reception and asked them to redo it and they told me that I was the only Lana within 20,000 people that had registered for the conference so that was pretty impressive nice and then the, the last question he asks is is Andy Kreebel always mean to everyone or is it just you <laughs> um he he is very mean to me, but um, I think that's secretly because he likes me more than anything. So um, I hope he doesn't come across as mean to everyone else. Um, I can handle his bullying because I do give it back to him. Or I think I do. <laughs> that's, an, that's an excellent answer. So yeah, just if, if you feel like Andy is upset with you, that just gauges how much more he loves you. So just <laughs> just internalize that if, if you feel like anything. <laughs> so I have one from yet another one of my colleagues there. They just really weighed in heavily. Uh, some guy named Simon uh, says, would you agree that rhinos are probably the toughest animal out there? Um. <laughs> Rhino, the animal, um, they have very tough skin, yes. Um, however, I still think a wolf would beat a rhino. What? A a wolf? Like one? A pack of wolves. A pack of How wolves. How many? Um, well, 11 aside? Sorry. 13. I mean, Liam, 13 Liam or so. held his own for a while against wolves. I mean, rhino, like that skin is thick. I, I mean, I, I I know you're supposed to be able to answer freely, but like, I, I disagree. Like, I think he was talking in the context of rugby. Um, so, yeah, he's a Leeds Rhinos fan and I'm a Warrington Wolves fan. So he's just seeing if he can um, probe me that way. Are there either rhinos or wolves in either of these places? No. No. <laughs> Apart okay. from in zoos. Right. I, I had to check. Like we're, we have the Memphis Grizzlies here and there's not a Grizzly for like 600 miles. Utah has the jazz and that's like the land of the Mormons. There is no jazz in Utah. I'm just saying. OK, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many ways we could go there. OK. Um, all right. Our last question asker is Will Perkins. And he says, knowing how much you love the information lab and data analytics, throwing all of that out the window, if you could work anywhere doing anything, what would you be, where would it be and, and why? Um, without the information lab, um, I, I honestly don't know because the information lab and the data school is such a great company. Um, and I'm glad I went back to there. Um, Without them, I 
don't I, I really don't know where I would be. I can't honestly answer that question. Unfortunately. But, but your dream your dream job would be analytics at, at Wolves, right? No. Um I, I think I've got too much of a passion for the sport. Whereas if I if I went to be the analyst there, I'd lose that that passion and that hobby. So I don't actually think I would want to go and be that like the performance analyst because I just lose lose the love of the sport. Um, if anything, it it would be going back into like um, British gymnastics or the English Institute of Sport where it's multi-sports and helping out like the Olympic sport side of things. So ideally that would probably be what the road that I went back down and go into the multi-sports rather than going into um, rugby league. Okay. Um, Will Will's getting deep with this next question. Um, has or how has the COVID vi- uh, virus impacted or changed any of your beliefs or perspectives on life um I think it's made me realize that work isn't everything um and pre-covid I definitely spent a lot more time traveling for work and on my laptop a lot whereas now because of covid I have my home office when I shut that door I basically leave everything in here and I spend more time with my family and also my husband and the cats. So for, for me, it's just that there's more to life than sitting at a screen. And that's probably why my personal visualizations haven't been out there, but I'm still trying to keep up with some of the other projects that's happening. Um, but yeah, I think just life in general is far more important than work will ever be. I think a That's lot very of, deep. A lot of us, I think, have realized that over the last 18 months. Um, and the last question from Will is, what was your first job and what did you learn from it? My first job was in my mum's uh, shop. So she owns a haberdashery shop um, in a like a marketplace in Warrington and and for me it was that was just the first time of interacting with customers and and making sure that my maths was okay to give the right change and and just um, it allowed me to be a little bit more creative with helping people with their own ideas and and that's potentially where like the creativity side of me has come from is going all the way back to my mum's uh, my mum's shop and helping customers with their art projects or their knitting and crocheting and all that sort of stuff so uh, yeah I think I think that's helped me along the way very cool I feel, I feel like I just learned something so a haberdasher is not just a hat store um I, I didn't know it was a hat store no it was a hat store i say i thought it was a hat store too so i actually i wasn't gonna say that but i'm glad you said it zach because i thought it was just a hat store too. my face i'm so i'm so gratified okay. right now but like this might be a, a like one of those language gaps like how you say i'd say biscuit when clearly that's incorrect and you mean cookie um <laughs> yeah um, so a haberdashery is where um you get like uh, material cotton buttons wool all that sort of stuff to help you make and be creative. So you can knit cardigans, crochet, um, ribbons, all that sort of stuff. See, that that's a craft store. 
okay yeah sorry i should have just called it that (laughs) we were just picturing a store that sells hats and all i can think of is like i'm thinking of the mad hatter because like unless it's like a lids where you're selling like just baseball caps with flat brims on them like i have no concept of what you're selling in a store that's just hats see and and i went the other direction i was picturing like um Oh my gosh, what's the movie? Oh, the Kingsman. Like, you know, there's the suit place and then there's Lorna's mom's haberdashery and that's where they go get the weapons. Like that's that's where you get your dope ass smoking jacket. Yeah. 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 I'm glad we've I'm glad we've explained this now so that you're not thinking I own a gun shop or anything. (laughs) Well, that was gun shop, Lorna. That was a fictional stretch. But you know what I mean? Like a fancy hat shop. (laughs) Colin Firth goes in there. It's great. Wow. Well, we've we've diverged dramatically here towards the end. This has been great. Mark, what was your first job? <laughs> so my, this is really so I live I grew up in a little tiny farm town, like in high school. And all of my friends either worked at the McDonald's or the Pizza Hut. That was it. I somehow landed a job doing computer stuff for the attorney in town. And that bastard paid me under minimum wage. <laughs> I don't know how he how he got away with that. But then again, I didn't smell like grease and french fries, so I was okay with it. Great. My first job was uh, I was a bag boy at a grocery store. And for some reason, the owners, um, it changed ownership several times. It's like a small chain that got acquired by a bigger chain by a bigger chain. And I came in somewhere in the middle, and they insisted that bag boys wear black shinable shoes. And I live in the South and it was like 95 degrees outside all the time. So I'm going out to like get baskets and I'm wearing like dress shoes. But then they insisted, okay, two, two interesting policies. One, no tipping. So previously, like if you carried out a big load for like for someone, usually ladies, like uh, especially an elderly lady, they might give you a dollar or two, which was really great because your income was very low. But uh, then they insisted another new policy. You must take out everyone's basket. Which a policy like that, like, I don't know if you've ever met like 50 year old men before, but when you're a 16 year old guy's like, hey, I need to take out your basket. They're like, no, I've got it. And you're like, no, like I, I need to like I have I've got and they start to get irritated and you're like, just let me take it to the door. They're watching me like that's um, that's what it's like. And <laughs> the no joy of first jobs. Yeah. So, Lorna, what's your last job going to be? Um, I, I'd like to think it's with the information lab and consulting and helping out with the data school. Um, I hope. It's a great answer. <laughs> Are you staying at JLL, Zach? I, I am staying at JLL as long as I'm staying at JLL. I stayed at my previous job for 13 years, so I'm not the kind of guy that just packs up and leaves. Um, I'm the kind of person that likes to invest and grow. So hopefully I'm at JLL for a very, very long time because I've got some amazing colleagues. They're all right. They're okay. <laughs> some of them. Yeah. I mean, you know who you are. Some, there's some talent over there. Yeah. You know which ones. Mark, wrap us up, please. I'm 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 hoisting myself my own petard here. Like, get me out of this. Yes, we we've divulged from our interview format to just random thoughts and phrases, which is fantastic. But Lorna, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, Data Ask of Anything. Um, it has been a hot minute since we did one, and I think this is a good comeback. Uh, Zach, uh, I think uh, we need to start finding our next victim. I mean, guest as soon as possible. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. So, hey, thanks for listening. 
And we will catch you next time right here on the Data Plus Love Podcast Network. Data Ask Them Anything is a production of Data Plus Love. Our music is Bad Company by Black Room, courtesy of Take Tones. Hey, you're still here? Um, you're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in, probably something better. Um, thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E. Um, just, you know, drop $3 in our tip bucket. It helps us buy better equipment. It helps us uh, pay for razor blades to keep me from looking like a wolf man. And it keeps uh, Mark's head looking so shiny and beautiful. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll never put anything behind a paywall. And thanks to your patronage. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to at the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3 and you can get more if you choose or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one. You won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.